here it is. What an opportunity. What a, a realisation of a dream for me. It's Dave Noonan here with you. I uh, was on Hobart Radio for a long time until I got boned and uh, I had to obviously look <laughs> out where I went with my media career after that. And I thought, who would I like to hang around with and shoot the crap? And I thought, one of my old mates used to come on once a week uh, and be a grumpy guy was Steve Old. Oldie, hello, mate. How are you, mate? Good to be here with you. And we thought, we used to talk about it. You know what we should do as a sports podcast? And here I am, I've got the opportunity to put a sports podcast together and we're thinking what sort of name can we come up with? Normally that's a, a long, detailed process, but actually I just came in and said, what about the Tassie Sports Lounge? And Aldi goes, sounds all right to me. <laughs> All so, things Tassie sport we're going to talk and you and me used to try to turn grumpy guys into a sports conversation. Every so week. Now, now we've got our own podcast. We can talk whatever we want. And then we thought we needed a bit of credibility, uh, a bit of sports credibility. So we went for a sports journalist, Adam Smith from the Mercury. Adam? Seriously. You reach out to the guy, you give him a role, you give him an opportunity. I tried to call him. He said he was actually in quarantine because he was sent over to the US Open for, by the Mercury. Suppose he tells. I mean, Smithy's going to do the show with us, but we've done the first show. We've locked Where him is to the he? date, mate, and he's gone missing on us. He's not here. Anyway, Smithy is going to be on the show with us or the podcast whenever as we do this, mate. So it's going to be you, me, and Smithy. As you said, I love the fact we're going to get Smithy as a journal to bring some credibility back to our show. And we've got none today. And to be honest, it is early days. We haven't really planned anything that much. I, I have got this, though. You've got everyone in your phone. I've got everyone in my phone. Smithy's got everyone in his phone. If we can't catch up with someone every week, for example, today, and I'm going to challenge you on this, I know you keep in touch with Larry Kestelman from the NBL who's got putting the deck proposal together and the Tasmanian side. Yep. Could you get him on today's show? Yeah, yeah, give me five minutes. Give me a couple of minutes. I'll text Larry and see what This is my first test of the great man. I always take the challenge. He's taking the challenge. And... (laughs) I know you're good mates with the new CEO too. Get yeah, him, get him Brooke, on as well. Simon Brooke, Simon, well, I was actually talking to Simon yesterday. He's in quarantine in uh, Devonport at the moment. With Adam so, Smith? <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't know if you'll be doing much, but Simon is a ripper and he's a bloody – he's going to be fantastic for our side. So, all right, let's – This is your I'll big challenge. challenge. We'll, get, we'll see if we get Larry and or Simon on for our first show. So. And I'll, uh, I'll try and get Novak Djokovic on. Uh, I know he's not Tasmanian and it is all Tasmanian sport, but I'll give it a dip. In fact, I, I want to – Say this, uh, we're not going to just a sec. Does it, Larry's already just come back to me and said, More than happy to. That when is you crap. Ring me? That is he. Give me a look. There it is. Look, there it is. Larry's already said yes. You've got him on speed dial, haven't you? There you go. <laughs> I'm and impressed I, with that. I've just got to wait for Brookhouse to come back to me, but Larry's getting happy very, to do it. it's getting very, very competitive now. I'm on the back foot already. <laughs> he's back on the line. That's <laughs> no, the question. I'm certainly, I'll be able to do it. Hello, it's Novak Djokovic here. I'll never hit a ball in anyone's throat again, okay? Never. <laughs> so, yes, it is going to be all things sport, uh, focusing on Tassie sport, but on sport generally, I think. Yeah, we'll have a bit of fun. We'll talk to different people every week. We're going to do, we want to focus on Tassie sport, as you said, though. We'll, we'll talk to Andrew Moore, who's project manager for Clubs Taz. Clubs Taz is the peak body that runs uh, for sporting clubs and community clubs out there. So we'll get Maury talking about all things Tassie sport. So he'll get us into a bit of lawn bowls, I'm sure, a bit more golf, <laughs> A few of those sports you and me all talk to. Yeah, imagine if we get Windy on. Darren oh, Wiener Darren Winder. Footy. Yeah, oh, I would love to see Lauderdale win the premiership. Be great. They if have they been did. pushing for the TSL premiership the last few years, and just North Lonnie have had the wood on them. I'd love to see a Southern team win that. Yeah, it'd be good. I think they're going to push 
something uphill to beat North Lonnie this year. But we'll talk footy. We'll get a bit of netball. We'll get a bit of basketball, obviously. We'll get a bit of cricket with – we'll get Don Darks, Baker on here. Eight ball. We can talk about that again. <laughs> actually you exists. and become the experts in all things. Well, we, th- we actually think we're experts Yeah, that's already, the funniest so. thing. We both think we know everything about sport already. <laughs> and we'll just add Adam in for, as you said, the credibility. When you almost struggle to talk anything, Smithy will chime in, even though we couldn't get Smithy here on the first <laughs> show. So we won't be paying him for the first one. Looking forward to it. The Tassie Sports Lounge. team for Tasmania possible in Tasmania because he's taking over the deck, he's developing that whole area and he's creating a team here in Tassie. G'day, Larry. How are you? Very good indeed, mate. Um, I'm going to kick off with a a difficult question for you, but um, you've been incredibly successful. You've made uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in property and internet uh, investments, now basketball. Uh, You've had great success with sport. Is there any chance you'd buy the Melbourne Demons AFL side? I'm a Melbourne fan. We need someone to come in who can actually breed a culture of success because it's been since 1964 since we've had success. Can you? Would you ever think about it? Uh, since you asked me so nicely, look, I can definitely think about it, but uh, <laughs> I think I might just uh, finish off with the uh, basketball first and see if I can get this Tasmanian team to, um, to win a championship. That might be uh, a goal. Once that's done, I'll, I'll turn my... I'll turn my prowess to. Uh, can you to do AFL. that? It'll be a budget buy, I can tell you. So, where are we at with the, where are we at with the whole development out at the deck? Uh, when is that going to start? And are you happy with the timeline? Uh, yeah, very very tight timeline. Uh, I won't lie; this uh, COVID uh, thing has definitely caused all of us a lot of uh, heartache, and uh, the deck development is uh, is not immune in any way. Pardon the punt; uh, it definitely delayed things. So, very very tight timeline. Uh, we just have had our um, plans approved as an overlay as to what's actually going to go there. Uh, we're about to lodge for planning for the upgrade of the deck and hoping to be on site as quickly as uh, end of um, end of October, start with the demolition work. But very, very tight timeline, I won't lie. So, um, But no, we're, we're still confident. That's what we do as, a, as an organization. We take on uh, quite audacious tasks and we generally uh, end up uh, getting it done. So... Everyone's working really hard and uh, still very confident we'll, we'll get it all down on time. And, of course, COVID's affected everything, including sport and basketball. Uh, you've cut back from three imports to two imports. Incredible news. Ben Simmons is coming to the Tasmanian side. <laughs> oh, you didn't uh, want to make that? as well. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I, thought it was, I thought it was just me. No, <laughs> how are we looking for our imports and what's the, the side looking like? How, how do you go about that process of selecting who's going to be in the side? Well, you start by actually first building the um, the, the back office. You've you got to build the right management and the right people to make all those sort of decisions. So uh, we've wasted no time in uh, in hiring the, I think who I think is a great CEO uh, in Simon. We've hired the right right hand person in Christine, and and we're continuing down that path. And uh, we'll we'll turn our mind shortly onto coaching staff. And so you first build the actual off court team, who then will make sure that they bring the right uh, culture and the right players because it's as much about the culture and that's what I've learned now being involved for the last dozen years in uh, in professional sport. Uh, everyone talks about it, not necessarily everyone delivers it uh, and that's culture. So 
uh, that's that's our number one goal now, is to build the right culture in the club. Are you still thinking that uh, part of the plan is to sell off the Tasmanian or the Hobart side? I know you've had that as a model previously, and I'm sure I read somewhere at one stage that you were talking to Andrew Bogut about uh, getting a syndicate together and buying the Hobart side. Would that be possible? Tassie side, not Hobart. Uh, Tassie side. Tassie, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You see, I'm a very, very parochial Hobart boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we want to make sure that it's not just for the Hobart people, that it's for everyone. So, uh, yes, no, we will definitely uh, hold the license for as long as we feel that that's appropriate. And after that, we'll look to sell it off. Um, we're not in the business of um, running teams long-term or controlling teams long-term. We want to make sure we get them up and running the right way uh, and then put um, the right owners in place. Uh, as far as uh, Andrew, look, um, like everyone else, we would love for... Uh, ex-NBA players and people that are long-term involved with the sport, as long as they look at it as a proper business and not just consider it as a as a hobby uh, or just a continuation of what they did as a, as a player, we're totally open to it. So he'd be very, very welcome, high profile and extraordinarily smart guy. So we'd be absolutely open to him being an, an owner, a part owner. So I know Larry recently announced that the uh, next year's season, or it was going to be this year's season, has been pushed back to to January. Is there any, I guess, is there any danger if that pushes back any further that the 2021-22 season that Tassie comes into, is there a chance that might be pushed back as well because of COVID or are you still confident that we should be able to get our shortened season at the start of next year, I I assume, and then get the next season back on track? Yeah, so we think it'll be a shortened off-season. So uh, our plan is to whatever happens to finish the season by end of June. So we're very confident we'll be able to do that. And if we finish by end of June, it still allows us plenty of time to uh, give the players a rest and get ready for the following season to start on time. Now, we're all in the hands of obviously COVID and what happens, but that's that's our current plan and we feel very confident we can uh, execute on that plan. Now, we're getting down to the name for the team. Uh, It's been very hotly contested. You're down to the, uh, the Mountaineers, the Pride, the Tridents and the Leaping Larrys, which I thought is a fantastic name. <laughs> and I, I, look, I don't think that, it's that Vanna. Is, that would be leaving a legacy. That leaving <laughs> that, a well, legacy. that's why you suggested it, Larry. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> no, we, we're getting we're getting to the pointy end, and I think we're we're planning in the next couple of weeks to announce the name and, and getting ready for it. So that that's almost the the flagfall. I think uh, once you have an identity, that's where it all starts. So in a couple of weeks, we intend to announce the um, the name and the branding, and re- really excited by it. So, Larry, you must have had your phone ringing hot, though, from co- potential coaches of the side, I'm assuming, the quality of coaches we've got in Australia, but the quality of Australians that are overseas now in the coaching ranks are pretty phenomenal, and the NBL has built up to be regarded as the second-best league in in the world. Are there coaches and other people expressing interest to come down to a new franchise in Tassie? Yeah, a lot, a lot. We've had a lot of interest um, from all over the world, actually, not just, um, not just Australia, but uh, from Europe, from the US, we've got some coaches that have uh, that have uh, been part of the NBA program uh, wanting to come down. So, yeah, uh, the interest is great. I, I, I will say I always prefer people that have had experience because um, NBL is a very particular product and, and we play the game in a particular way. So experience is very important. So no doubt um, the guys will, will assess all that um, and make the right decision. Um, and I would say over the next two to three months at maximum, you'd want them to start hiring your coaches. They, they may start with assistant coaches and uh, get them into the community and start building the, the backbone of the team. And then uh, as soon as they can, they'll finalise the head coach. 
Yeah, look, and I think you and me have talked about this. Tasmanians are, uh, can be, we can be a bit fickle. We expect to, <laughs> we like success. So can you put a, not put a record, but I guess calm down the Tassie fans to be, what can we expect from our side realistically in the first year in a, in a tough NBL competition? I mean, um, South, South, uh, South Melbourne last year come in and started the year phenomenally and obviously, yeah, slowed down a little bit towards the end. But from a realistic point of view, what can we expect or what can the Tassie fans expect from the on-court side? I think you've been pretty clear to me and other people that you've chatted to over a number of months that it's, it's really about the culture off-court and I think it's really about building a statewide team. But what can they expect on-court in the first year realistically? Look, what we're not going to do is certainly be uh, backward and coming forward. So the team will be set up for success. Uh, we're not going to cut corners. Everything is being done really professionally and uh, our intent coming into Tasmania is for the team to be the biggest game in town. Uh, this is not a small operation. It's going to be extraordinarily professionally on and off the court. Um, so we expect success, but do we, have to, we do have to be patient. Uh, I think expecting for the team to win the championship first year, I think is probably, uh, as, as much as uh, we'd all love it and it'd be a great story for us to do it, I think it's probably a little bit uh, of a difficult ask. Uh, not impossible, but difficult. But what you want from your team, I think, is to be right in there competing. And I think what South East Melbourne did uh, is a very realistic uh, target. They were great uh, from the start. Uh, they probably faltered a little bit towards the end, being a new new franchise. Th- those things uh, do weigh on how you operate. So as long as the team is really competitive and they're competing every week, winning some, losing some, but they're in the mix, uh, that's the minimum that I would expect. Uh, and I think the culture, and I keep going back to that, is uh, of a team that doesn't give up. Uh, I think you want your team to be in there fighting every game and be in there with a chance to win. Uh, yeah. That's that's what my minimum expectations are. And uh, I think you'll see from Simon and his team and, and how they go about it um, to set that up as an as a absolute minimum expectation. And then, as you know, in sport, it will come down to injuries. It will come down to who's who's in the best form towards uh, the end of the season. But you want them in the mix. And that's why I want you to buy the Melbourne Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. So for those that haven't followed the, the deck development, Larry, in relation to the look, just in a sort of very short frame, tell the listeners what they can expect from the deck, as in what's it going to look like, what sort of feels are going to be. They've been used to a you – know, and you and me have talked about this, I know it was a pretty archaic 5,000 seat stadium that was, you know, in desperate need of some love and care. What can they expect when they walk in the doors late next well, year for the first game? So you can expect for the roof not to leak. That's a good start. Air conditioning to work. That's a good start. For air conditioning to actually exist because actually <laughs> there's actually no air conditioning uh, in the venue. Uh, so there, there are a couple of really uh, uh, basic things that, uh, that need to get done. Uh, we're going to be redoing all of the um, food and beverage, so uh, really upgrading that side of things. It'll be a corporate venue that'll be able to sit down a thousand people for dinner uh, as well. So we're upgrading all the uh, kitchens. Um, basketball is an important product through the corporate and hospitality, so we'll be spending uh, quite a substantial amount of money of upgrading all the facilities for for corporate, uh, both behind the scenes and also on the court, building a brand new. Uh, retractable stand for for corporates, uh, changing over all the seating, which is uh, obviously very very tired. Uh, we may actually end up with similar number of seats after all that for um, for basketball, but obviously upgraded and, and of better quality. That's what we're looking for. And, and then on the concert side of it, uh, increasing the capacity for the concert um, for stand up and for seating events. We we want to do more than just basketball in that venue. We want that venue to really bring uh, all sorts of content to Tasmania. 
already talking to people and, and, and looking how we can entice more events to come down because up until now, quite frankly, no one wanted to go into that venue. So, um, yeah, and we're, a lot of AV, we're going to put in a, a jumbotron into the into the stadium. We're going to put in a lot, um, a lot of LED screens. So modernize it, uh, make it look like something that uh, Tasmania can be proud of. And albeit it's not, it's not the biggest venue in um, in Australia, but we want it to be uh, on par with some of the better venues. Um, size we can't change completely. Uh, that would have cost another fifty million dollars to make it uh, make it a ten thousand seat venue. But for the size that it is, it'll be it'll be a good upgraded um, venue that we can all be proud of. And the hotel proposal, which is part of all this, is that still going ahead as planned? Yeah, so the the plan that has been approved incorporates uh, an ability for us to put in um, a hotel on the site. Um, I think what we're going to do is I think we're going to almost start from uh, Brooker Highway and work our way backwards from a development point of view. We still need to resolve with the government in regard to the um, multi-sport venue. Uh, there's a conversation for it to be obviously on our side behind the deck. We still need to resolve who's going to manage it, how it's going to run. Uh, is that actually going to be built uh, on that location or is it not? Uh, but what I'd love to see is I'd love to see from Brooker Highway back to the deck, um, some retail, some life, uh, food and beverage, um, you know, some sports, especially some sports orientated um, uh, retail would be would be terrific. And then we'll work our way back and absolutely have every intent to build uh, a hotel. And I want to see other family style uh, entertainment on the site that will keep the keep that whole week Wilkinson's point uh, active and people being through it all day long. Uh, but I, again, I will, will not um, walk away and say COVID is definitely causing some uh, dramas in the business world in general. So timing that uh, still still a question mark. But we definitely want to make a start on the deck, um, multi-sport facility, and on the retail component as soon as we can, and then we'll work through the rest as, as soon as we can. I guess just to finish, Larry, I just wanted to, I guess I've been fortunate enough to have met you 12 months ago and I just want to say as a proud and passionate Tasmanian basketball follower, but probably more importantly a proud and passionate Tasmanian, I just want to say thanks for all the work and commitment you've given to Tassie to bring an NBL side down here. When I met you the first day, you said you were going to make it happen and all my dealings with you, you're a true professional um, yeah, and you're one of the nicest guys I've met and I've got the full faith that if Tasmania's ever going to have a successful basketball side, we've got it and we've got it in the hands of the right person. So as a proud, passionate Tasmanian, uh, thanks very much. You've always been very good to me and I'm uh, really excited about sitting there. I remember talking to your wife once saying that we could sit together at the first ever NBL game in Tasmania and look forward to it and I can't wait till that opportunity comes late next year to do that. No, that'll, that'll be amazing. I can't wait. A lot of hard work between now and then. Uh, I think it's important and um, – we all give them a good touch-up. I think it's important to acknowledge that uh, I, I actually have found it, and albeit it might not sound great, but surprisingly, because uh, a lot of the time when you deal with politicians, uh, you can't always walk away saying the same things. I actually found uh, working with the Tasmanian government uh, quite a pleasure. Um, they're, they're well organized and well run, and uh, they said that they also want to make it happen. That started with Will Hodgman and now with Peter Gutwin and uh, Kim Evans. They've actually been really good to work with and uh, and have followed through, not just not just talk. So without them, I um, want you to know it wouldn't have happened. So we, we appreciate their support. And now that they're behind the team, I think it's, uh, it's a good sign that it will be a great success. And uh, yourself and the advisory board that I've had uh, has been a huge help as well. So very much appreciated. Big, big team effort. Uh, now I'm handing over the reins a bit more and more to um, – 
to Simon and uh, and his team. So looking forward to what they can uh, achieve over the next 12 months. It's a lot of work, so uh, we appreciate all your support. Well, it's very exciting to have a Tasmanian side that is in a national competition because we don't have enough and it's something that's really important to us. Thanks very much for having a chat to us, Larry Kesterman. Absolute pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Talk so much. Cheers. So we've had a good chat to Larry Kesselman, the owner of the NBL and the owner of the Tassie NBL side. Now we're going to talk to the man that he's handballed the baton on to. Uh, he's actually another good mate of mine, Simon Brookhouse, who's the CEO of the new Tassie NBL side. Simon, how are you, mate? Uh, good, Steve. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Now let's start off with you're in quarantine, aren't you? You're in Tassie, but you're in quarantine? I am. I'm in quarantine in Devonport and uh, just looking out over the spirit of Tasmania as we speak. So uh, I'm getting through. Five days down now. It's gone very quickly. Yeah, I don't uh, don't envy you on that one, mate. So, look, obviously a fantastic appointment getting you in the role. Obviously, Larry was spoke highly of you a minute ago in relation to it. How excited are you to get into the you know the first ever Tassie NBL side? You're the first CEO. How excited are you? I'm really excited. Steve, as you know, I've, I've got a basketball background as well, and, and worked in sport now for years. So, to come down here and, and start something from scratch that's that's going to be all of Tasmania's, I think, it's a great opportunity. So, I actually couldn't be more excited going into a role fresh. I can't wait. So tell everyone just briefly your background. I know you know, I met you obviously many moons ago when you were president of the Hobart Chargers, but you have got a, a very impressive sporting CV. Do you want to give us a quick synopsis of the CV in relation to your sporting background? Yeah, sure. So I guess, um, I mean, I'm an ex-banker, but don't hold that against me. And uh, <laughs> obviously I've always been involved with the sort of um, volunteerism in sport and got, got an opportunity to, to leave banking and go and head up Knox Basketball, which at the time was the largest association in Australia. And, we built the what was the state basketball centre in Victoria while I was out there, which was great. And then uh, from there, went into a role as CEO of Golf Victoria and did that for uh, sort of seven years and really enjoyed that. And, and we grew the game really well in terms of golf in Victoria and had great support from the Victorian government. And then through um, a, a restructure of golf in the country under a one, what they call a one golf model or a one management model, all the states joined in with Golf Australia to be one entity. So I then uh, moved from that into the, uh, effectively the the Chief Operating Officer role or General Manager Operations in Golf Australia for the last couple of years. So uh, had a really good run. Golf, golf's a lot of fun, um, but always in the back of my mind, I was obviously Chairman of Seawall for about uh, 13 years after I moved on to President of the Chargers. So I've always had a, a passion for basketball and always been involved off court. Um, all sport really, but, but basketball for me has given me a lot of joy, so it's great to be coming back. Simon, Dave Noonan here. Uh, no, just no, one no, question, yeah. really good, mate. One question that will a lot of Tasmanians will wonder how you're going to cope with it. How are you going to make it a truly Tasmanian side? Because we know there is that division between the north and the south and the northwest. It's been there in all sorts of sports, and one of your mantras is to bring this whole state together. How do you sure. go about that? Look, I think first and foremost, it comes in the name. It is, it is Tasmania. Um, it's not a city-based side. It's a, it's a Tasmanian NBL team, and, and you'll know more about, obviously, the branding when we launch on October 1. But importantly, it's it's about embracing the whole community and, and getting out and about and making sure that this team is for the whole of Tasmania. We're not going to isolate ourselves in Hobart. We'll play games in Launceston as part of the agreement with the government that Tasmanian government is supporting it holistically. We'll take, take games in terms of pre-season to the northwest coast. But it really, really importantly, we'll not only our on-court, but also our off-court staff will be out and about all throughout the state promoting the community programs when we get them up and running. And they, they won't just be basketball programs. We'll look to align with local charities and various other things and just make sure that 
the whole of the team and the culture is that we're invested in the whole of the state. I, since I've been in quarantine, I've spoken um, uh, via email particularly but, and verbally to every every council in the state, every tourism operator, um, and I think it's really important. I'll go, we'll go on the road as soon as we get the, the team on the ground in Hobart to go and meet everybody around the, around the state, make sure that you know they get to go on this journey with us. Everybody can start from scratch with this and, and take it on a journey all throughout Tasmania. So staff recruitment-wise, I know you've made a couple of announcements. Um, uh, obviously, I think you've put two two on so far. What what are the next sort of key roles you've got to fill? Obviously, coach is one of them, but what other key roles? And how many staff do you envisage that when you when you sort of finish, how many staff will the NBL side down here have? Look, it's a difficult question at the moment. We're sort of building it out. But I guess at the moment, we've got our general manager, commercial and marketing, uh, Christine Finnegan. That's really important. She's got a great background in sport. And general manager operations and Jorick Chivers, who'd be well known to many, having played for the Chargers and uh, been around basketball his whole life. So he brings a really great skill set too around financial acumen and also business and procurement acumen through his role. So he 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 um, he's a really important component. We've got to find somewhere to work from in terms of offices over the next twelve months while the deck's renovated. And there's a lot of that grunt work to be done in setting up the the, the off court support that we need. Uh, in terms of the next, well, certainly in, we're in the market and we'll be interviewing uh, later this week for a community and membership manager. Uh, we'll also then look to people around digital content and, and marketing and a sponsorship salesperson to work with Christine. So that'll be the, the initial appointments probably between now and Christmas. And then we'll, after that, we'll look to what we really need. Um, there'll be more around you know content development and, and media and whatnot as we go down the track of getting towards the season but at the moment um, that, that'll that probably be enough um, no, no. sorry go on oh, well we know you're at the point where you're starting to um, think about coaches and mm. your and your head coach do you personally as a basketball man have a marquee player in mind someone who you'd like to attract down here because obviously that's going to be a huge part of it isn't it getting those identities and those characters for Tasmanian sport yeah, look, I haven't I haven't got a specific player in mind. I, I'm more about making sure that we get people of the right fit. Um, I'd love to get as much Tasmanian talent as we could back to Tasmania. That's going to prove difficult initially because of the fact that they're contracted with other teams. Um, we're certainly scouring the college system and we'll scour the overseas um, markets for returning Australians or Australians who might want to come back from Europe, for instance, and those sort of things. Because at the moment, we can't talk to anyone in the NBL who's contracted until the trade period or the free agency period comes up. So we'll we'll certainly work our way through the list of who comes out of free agency. I was talking to um, Tommy Greer, who runs the, the Phoenix today, and he said that was the most difficult thing as a new team coming in. You, you, you can only get people who are either from overseas playing and coming home or, or a free agency within the NBL or development players or up-and-coming up players out of the NBL 1 program. So there's a bit of work to be done there, but the key for us is making sure that the players we do bring in embrace Tasmania as, as their home and also give us that upbeat. We want to be entertaining, family-friendly and fun, but also, you know, we want to be competitive. We're not, we're not naive enough to think you're going to win a championship in your first season as much as we'd love to, but we certainly want to make sure that we, we are competitive in every game we play. So it'll be around that hard work ethic, willing to get out and support the community, but also entertaining as well. So we're talking to Larry about the coach 
yeah, his phone must have been ringing red hot, and he said, yeah, he has been from around the around the world, not just obviously the country. Again, obviously that's probably the pivotal piece for you now is the start off is, is if you're going to set the right foundation for the club, the coach is obviously the key key starting point. Yeah, really important. Um, and there's a balance on what you choose, and and he's right. I've even since my appointment, the the emails been running hot about potential coaches and managers. Um, touting their coaching staff and various other things but uh, I think it's about the right fit as well we need someone who's had some experience at at the very least at an NBL level I think that's really important Um, being a new team and having to gel a group of whole new players it needs to be someone who's got very good management skills and understands the league This this is a really tough league outside the NBA it's probably the toughest in terms of domestic basketball around the world so it needs to be someone who either can get a grip on it very quickly or has had a prior understanding of it. Um, and there are some good coaches around the world and there's some great Australian coaches around the world. But there's also some good coaches here. So we're working through that process at the moment. That'll be the next, you know, when I come out of quarantine and, and, and settle down, <laughs> we'll be able to start looking at really going down that track because I'd like to get that in place and then following that, getting the appropriate assistant coaches in place because that allows us then to, to start those community programs we're talking about, getting kids involved and getting kids supporting the brand and the team on this journey into October next year. Um, so what's the realistic term on that with October next year, mate? Like when would you expect to have like all the team – when do you expect to have the team locked in? Just so for the listeners out there, sure. is that like a, I guess the season starts, the season before in January has just been yeah. announced. So what's the, with all those fans out there going, gee, Simon, when can we see the players we're going to have now? So when's that realistically going to be um, there? It's a really difficult question to answer because we don't know when the season's going to end and the free trade period's generally yeah. two weeks after the end season. But we're hopeful that, There'll be players outside the current NBL that we sign, whether they be playing in Europe at the moment or, or playing in Japan or playing in, in college in the US, but hopefully we can at least have some players um, signed and, and we can announce them to the public and, and get a following through that. Um, and then obviously when the NBL, when we know when the NBL season finishes, we'll be able to certainly target those who are free agents. And the other part of the equation is trying to get as good as American imports as we possibly can to bolster the roster. So the earlier we can get those guys over here and acclimatised in Australia, not only in Australia but in Tasmania, the better off we'll be. So, um, you know, ideally I'd like at no later to have a coach in Tasmania um, in February. But if they're currently coaching in the NBL, that's unfortunately just not going to be possible. So we're just going to have to work through that, but we'd like to have an appointment in place so that then we can go to, go to the public and say, this is the person we're going to all get behind and these are the assistant coaches that are going to work with us and get them working on the ground um, with local talent. And importantly for us, you know, the NBL1 clubs in, in Tasmania are very important pieces. We want them to be the pathway to, to where the players eventually come from. Um, there's some good young kids, but they're probably a couple of years away from NBL. There's a few, fair few good kids in college again who've just gone over. Um, that in two or three years' time, we'll be really ready with this. This, this organisation's going from strength to strength. That's what I was going to say, to you, Matt. So how do we how do we link with the NBL one and like basketball Taz? I mean, one of the big focuses I know from your point of view is at Larry's as well as to get a Tassie NBL side, but increase basketball participation to be the number one sport in Tasmania. How how's that going to look? I mean, how how do we link up with the NBL one sides basketball sure. Taz? Obviously, that's a strong partnership you want to focus on as well. Yeah, look, I think I've already, I've already speaking to Chris McCoy at Basketball Taz about how we can actually have a genuine partnership, not enough with them, and I think. 
that's really important. Everything we do, and, and I'm as focused on being successful on the court with this NBL team as we are off the court in growing the sport. And the only way we can grow the sport in Tasmania, you talk about unifying the parts of it, is having everyone work together. We can't be seen to be um, working against the NBL one clubs. I'm very focused on making sure they're partners in what we're trying to do. And just the simple things. That are so if, if, let's use the Chargers as an example. And if they're trying to recruit a player for next season, it'd be smart for us to help with that because it'd be someone that we'd want to be looking at for the, the, the following NBL season to keep that player in Tasmania for 12 months of the year. So, there's those sort of synergies, but there's also ensuring that with the strength of an NBL coaching roster and whatnot, how, how can they give back to the coaching development of, of NBL1, future NBL1 coaches? Can our assistant coaches be NBL1 coaches? Is that where they come from? Those sort of things. But importantly, we want to be a genuine partner. And as I said to Chris McCoy yesterday from Basel Tat, we're here for the long haul and, and we need to work side by side. So if, if, if there's anything we can do to help them and vice versa that actually grows the game, that's the most important thing for us. We want Tasmania to have basketball as its number one sport. Um, is, is, means- is it realistic to think a, t- a player comes to the NBL side, like to the Tassie side, and mm. then um, they basically here 12 months of the year playing NBL 1 for, let's say, Northwest Thunder or the or the, the Chargers, Chargers, and then they're there yeah. for the – so they're developing through the NBL 1 and then staying on for the next NBL. So is that a realistic thing? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's pick someone like a, um, a Moller who's played for the Chargers before. He's got NBL aspirations. I mean, if, you, if you're a young up-and-coming NBL player or you might have a young family, for instance, it's a lot easier and you're already playing NBL 1 at other clubs. Um, it makes sense to try and keep yourself in the one spot just from a, a consistency perspective for 12 months of the year and make it your home. So we have that ability to be able to do that. And it's, I guess, no different to um, some of the Melbourne United or Melbourne Phoenix go stay in Melbourne all year round. I'll play for them during the NBL season and play NBL once and say Nunawading or Kilsyth. So um, it's not going to be your marquee players because they generally will go off and play basketball in Europe or it is the NBL as their full-time job, but we certainly want them to be down here the whole time supporting the community. So when our season's not on, and um, let's make a name up, Fred Smith, uh, a marquee Australian player, has been a boomer and is playing for the Tassie NBL team. But when we're not in our off-season, we want them out, you know, doing clinics and being out in, in the public arena, making sure that the, the, the team is front of mind all year round. That sounds really exciting. So... Um Going forward, do you think membership is going to be a huge um, component of the of the program? Yeah, I do. I think that uh, given the boutique nature of the stadium too, I think it's important that um, in terms of home games, there's 14 home games scheduled in, in Tasmania in a normal NBL season. So, um, you know, you know, we'd like to think that we have enough memberships to, to nearly fill that whole stadium every week, um, which obviously makes the job a lot easier. Be? Yeah, I mean, it, you're, it's you're a real little cauldron as you. As you've Correct. experienced, it's such a cauldron. And yeah. if you can get that home crowd yeah. barracking for a home team, it's just exciting to be there. I mean, the, the, the benchmark's Perth. You know, Perth don't have very many sort of um, general admission tickets for a home game. They are all dressed in red. They are basically all members of the, of the Wildcats and they go week in, week out. And you look at the success of them, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's 15 years in a row they've played finals or something like that. So... If we can get that cult following, that when you come to the DSC, you know you've come to a basketball game because the crowd <laughs> are, are absolutely rampant behind our team. 
Yeah, mate, I think everyone's hugely excited for it. And I think you've got a, a great job on your hands. It's going to be a, a good journey to be on. And I think, uh, as you said, it's a, it's going to be a fun journey. Looking back in, say, 12 months' time to see where you started and where, you, where you've taken the club over the next 12 months. But as I said, the hard work starts now. We've just got to get you out of quarantine, mate, yeah. and then you can start doing the real hard work. Yeah, exactly. The hard work starts now. And, and, but the hard work's fun, and that's the main thing. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, thanks for the time today. It's been great. Well, we're very excited to have a Tasmanian side in the NBL. It's just absolutely thrilling for the whole community. We'll see you when you get out of quarantine. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Well, on this great new podcast, the Tassie Sports Lounge, which didn't get off to a flying start, it features uh, myself because I wanted a podcast about sport. My old mate, Oldie, who uh, I used to get in regularly on radio and we wanted a bit of credibility, so we got Adam Smith from the Mercury. Didn't turn up. <laughs> Day one, didn't turn up. Unbelievable. We gave him a free lunch and everything and he still didn't turn up. Still didn't turn up. But here in the Tassie Sports Lounge today, we do have someone who can give us a bit of an insight into what's happening around Tasmania and clubs all around the state. He is the man from Clubs Tasmania, Andrew Moore. G'day, G'day, Maury. Dave, how are you? You can give a bit of credibility and we'll show you that we know very little about a lot of these sports. But we've got an opinion. Bowls, for example. What's happening in the bowls world, mate? Well, there's um, average age of a bowler in the Tasmanian clubs about 64, Dave, I can tell you that. It is, is it really yeah, correct. Do they ever blow up when they you – know, like, is there ever a fight at a bowl? Well, not club? that I've heard of it, but what I do know is it has changed massively over the last 10 years. So they've gone from white clothing to coloured clothing. Um, they've got coloured balls. Radical. It, they, in some ways they are living on the edge, those guys. Is it like Mona? Have they got nude bowls No, yet? not yet, but apparently where well, there is a club in the north, um, out your way, I think, Scottsdale, they actually want to uh, – Beautiful part yeah, of the world. But they want to do it in summer only. Nude bowls. <laughs> there you go. We're entering Dave in that one. That's <laughs> going to be show two. Branks Home, just the listeners out there, Branks Home, apparently that's the club. Not very many people know about Branks Home, but it's a beautiful little part of the world. So what is happening in, uh, in Clubland? Well, land? there's always lots happening in Clubland. So I guess um, out there a lot of the uh, winter sports are moving into final systems. And so the big issue out there in Clubland is that, that nobody can go and watch the games, Dave. And oldie. <laughs> So how do how do clubs make money, mate? I mean, if you, I mean, I know from my background being in, involved in a lot of sports, if you if you don't have crowds there and you don't get sponsors on board, you are you don't have a long survival rate. Okay, where where are we at on that? Are we at the point where we haven't got any COVID in Tassie? Do we just bite the bullet and have crowds, normal crowds? Oh, I yep. think we've got. I it. mean, certainly. I mean, Aldi and I were talking yesterday on RSN, and we were saying it's time we've got to tell the government that they've got to open up. We've got no cases. People know the routines, and as I said, it's safe. What are they saying in, in the clubs themselves? Are they saying they need to have crowds? Well, they're frustrated because they can't generate mm. revenue. And, you know, if you've got John and Mary with their two children, they can't go and support their, their kids in their finals because you can – I think they've got three kids, they actually, are, John and Mary. They, they adopted somebody, <laughs> did they? Right, okay. I'm pretty took, confident took they in. did. Yeah, so yeah. they can't go and watch. You know, uncles and aunts can't go and support their nephews and nieces. Grandparents can't go and support their kids. So when did the – went to footy because obviously footy – uh, generates reasonable crowds. When do those finals start? So they start uh, two now? weeks time. So, ju- so the last two round weeks. of um, junior football, which is under twelves down this weekend, um, and I think netball finals start this weekend. So I'm not quite sure what's happening there in with with netball. But again, they've got to have a staged. So I can I can yeah, talk netball go. for a second. So netball finals for some started last night because my stepdaughter Carly <laughs> played in a a final and, and she's not going to be happy about this. But under the final system, Dave, under netball, right? Because it's a shortened season. This is just <laughs> horrific. If you, it's 1v4, 2v3, right? Kakalia's side went through undefeated. What happened last night? Oh, they didn't get – they got beaten and got the out. The underdog oh, got up. First, first See, oh, that's and wrong. Lost. So here's another thing, though. So one of the other um, issues is because of the contracted um, season 
and um, the need for sports grounds that need it for summer sports, so like cricket. So there is yeah. there's a shortened, truncated football season, netball season in terms of finals, and it's it's not fair. Who's taking the netball courts off the netball? Well, there yeah. you go. I don't know why they didn't play a normal football so, uh, normal yeah. season for netball. You're from Clubland. You should know who's, yeah. go, who's going into the netball courts. Well, I'm not quite sure why they've got a shortened <laughs> season. That doesn't make sense, Aldie. We, okay. well, you know, com- investigative Aaron, journalism. Might have to put a complaint oh, Who's running in the control booth? Let's get Aaron Pigeon on the line <laughs> and let's ring him. I'll have an answer for you yeah. next episode. I'll have that yeah, sort you of better. No, no, we want it quicker than that. I've got Larry on within oh, five well, minutes. Well, he's <laughs> an important man, so let's not keep him waiting. So if we look at the landscape, so I think New South Wales are going to make an announcement today that they're going to allow 50,000 people in or half their stadium, 50% to go to crowds. If that's New South Wales and we've had less cases, why aren't we doing that? That's a big junior footy crowd. (laughs) Wouldn't be bad. I'm with you. I I just think we go back to normal crowds. And the minute we do have cases in Tassie, we just go, we pull the pin on it and go back to whatever stage we need to go back to. But I, I just think, we're at that point now in Tassie. Everyone's getting frustrated. 100% agree with you. That's what we need. So if anyone's listening out there from um, policymakers or yeah. government. Everyone's yes. listening to this. Tassie Sports yeah, Lounge. It's yeah. one of the most highly rated podcasts in yeah. Even though the first show hasn't <laughs> gone out <laughs> yet. So look, as I said, our borders are closed, so open up our sports grounds and our finals and let our families go and watch and support their family members. Maury, magnificent work. Got any big Other questions? Sports? I mean, you've done a bit over the last... Well, especially the last 12, 18 months in relation to sports. So let's ask some students. What's membership at clubs? Uh, 170 clubs. Yep. Uh, how much is it cost $370, Stephen, and that covers you with some ER support. So, again, you've $370 a year. Yep. So you've got the access to the employment relations support. Um, we have a number of um, – we've got a bulk power deal with Energy ROI. So you can we, – what we've done there is we've, we've bulked up all the power deals for our 160 clubs and then we've been able to purchase that roughly between 20 and 30% saving for all clubs with an energy, which has been a massive win for us. So 370 bucks for a year, you get free IR, which means you get all your sports contracts done, player contracts, whatever. You get energy deals that save you thousands. Why wouldn't every sports club be a member? Because I know you've also got corporate partners. You've got access to a, you know lobbying for government and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So I guess we're in, we've been in a creating an awareness phase. So we've been sort of getting out and about, knocking on lots and lots of doors. Maury can't sustain doing that. So we're sort of moving to a digital platform and we're sort of mentioning that um, meeting with uh, peak bodies as often as we can getting them to sort of spread the word. I know we've got a good partnership with golf and bowls. Um, so we're doing a little project there in Seniors Week where we're running out some digital literacy for older Australians in Seniors Week in Burnie, Launceston and Hobart. So we're up in Launceston this morning pencilling that in. So we're slowly getting there. But but again, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer for some clubs if you want to help with reducing your expenses, increasing your revenue and building capacity inside your club. Give us a call, 1300 125 827 or you can grab us on the website www.tha. Beautiful work. It's very, very, very professional. We don't want that on this show too often, by the way. Just can I ask you this? What's happening in the world of badminton? Big news. And can you get a deal on shuttlecocks? Can you get shuttlecocks cheap through clubs test? I've certainly know a bloke who knows a bloke. Yeah. So Terry Polglaze, if you'll be listening to this. Second hand. They've got a lot of money. They're about to redo their floor. They've got a $300,000 grant up in in Tabobo. My, my sister's involved in badminton. Yep. And so they've, they've got, they haven't got enough courts. They're not safe, so they need to redo them and they need a little bit of help there. So if government's listening or somebody out there. Apparently the netball courts, that's, what they, that's, where they, that's what's yeah. happening to the netball courts. There's, badminton's going out there. Oh, well, there's a lot happening out in netball space. But uh, Stay tuned, yeah. next, oh. next issue. Maury, thank you very much for coming on, mate, and we'll get you on every week in, what is it? Can you remember the name the of the Tassie show? Tassie Sports Lounge, but I'll tell you what. That's we, it. Next time we need lounge chairs. Like these chairs are quite uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, just wait till show too when we get our sponsors. Oh, that'll be fantastic. All right. Thanks, guys, for the airing. See ya.
Oh, what a magnificent show today has been. It's the first Tassie Sports Lounge podcast. The first of, well, potentially two. <laughs> I know we're back for at least one more and that's really all we're aiming for. Uh, we've got Stephen Old, uh, oldie my old mate, who used to come on when I was on radio. Loved having you on today, mate. It was uh, a privilege to work with you again. Bit of fun, mate. We're going to have a bit of fun with this, I reckon, you and me and Smithy. If we never get Smithy along, just talking all things sport, you and me, we love doing it. So to officially do it, have a bit of fun, promote sport in Tassie, promote the stories, Mm. we're going to have a bit of fun with it, mate. Yeah, we're going to do it with Adam Smith, the Mercury journalist, if we can ever get him, actually. (laughs) He committed, but he hasn't been on. I'm going to put it out, Smithy, if you're listening, and this is to you, Aldi. Yep. Uh, Obviously, this is what constitutes planning in Tassie Sports Lounge. Uh, I want you to get on. George Bailey, uh, great Tassie cricketer, has just been away as a selector with the Australian team in England. Yeah, I'll throw that one to Smithy, yep. So we'll get George Bailey, maybe Tim Payne, find out how his TikTok account's going. Yep, try Payne, yep. Because uh, he's going for his, his uh, post-cricket career, which is TikTok, I believe. He's a very good dancer. Just interesting, I was watching the test again last night, That just a show on, uh, it was on Fox, I've seen it before, but just watching the, the last Ashes with Payne and stuff and... How good was he? If you yeah. haven't seen that, make sure you do yourself a favour. I mean, he copped a bit of criticism for a couple of decisions he made, but the way he handled himself, I sat there again last night and just went, how good is this bloke? A bloke that's come great from leader. nowhere, great leader. He copped a bit of crap on the show, uh, the series where he made a couple of decisions at crucial times, which I, I don't blame him for. But the way even on the show he stuck up for himself and yeah, took the blame, you know, basically said why I made this decision, but the end result is I don't think he's got enough credit for what he's done with that Australian side. And I, I know him personally okay and stuff, and there's not not many better people than him. He's an absolutely, absolute ripper. He's got magnificent hair too. And yeah. doesn't he take care of it? He really puts some I work wish. anyway. I wish. <laughs> I know. You, hair isn't a big thing for you, Aldi. Nah. So uh, we'll put them as a commitment. And how about the Premier? Oh, yeah. Let's go for the top. He right. loves his sport. He, he loves, loves his sport. sport. We'll talk a bit of his footy history. You know that better than I me. Do. His footy history. footy for North Launceston. Uh, and we'll get him on. Um, that's a commitment. Right, I'll, I'll take that commitment. I'll chase that one. And uh, that's the, the basis of... Uh, episode two of Tassie Sports Lounge. And we'll talk anything and everything else that's popped up in between. And a bit of crap as well. (laughs) Look forward to it.